Welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George, the show that talks about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Hey, bud. <laughs> this this seems natural, doesn't it? Yeah, we're totally do doing feel, it right. <laughs> does this feel natural? <laughs> this is what we do, right? <laughs> oh, how are you? What'd you do today? Well, on on the the good news front, I'm an uncle. Hey. I already was an uncle, but I'm an uncle for the second time today. Today? <laughs> yeah. The th- second time today? Yeah, this is uh, this morning, and then I realized it again later, and it just hit me again like a wave the second time. <laughs> you be a my, fun my, uncle. My, my brother had a son this morning. There you go. Did you name him after me? No, his name is Ben. Ben's a good name. Yeah, just Ben, too. I like it. Yeah, I no, always not, like that. Not, not short for Benjamin, just Ben. You just Ben, and I get yeah. that. Yeah, they're they're good at naming kids. They've they've done good so far. Congratulations, Ben, and nothing else. No last name. He's doing a Madonna thing, and I like that. Yeah. At one point, uh, someone else in this group chat that I'm in, well, just like getting all the information about it. Someone was like, "How how long is Ben?" And I was just like, "It's three letters." <laughs> I was very proud of that. I don't even know that's who I said one. it to. It was that's a that's a good little eh. You are going to be an uncle, and it's going to oh, be yeah. good. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to one day meet this child once I'm allowed to meet this child. <laughs> Who knows how long that'll be? Uh, years. Yeah. You'll see him at his high school graduation. He'll be like, hey, do I know you? Yeah, that's when you show up and you'll be like, no. And then you, <laughs> you get like a big long duster jacket, and then you kind of walk away. I'll have and to then, grow a big wispy beard by then. Yeah, you have, to, you have to try to be mysterious. Mysterious uncle. Not in a creepy way, just, you know. Because yeah, that's the only option I have, really, at this yeah, point. Yeah, you have to be mysterious uncle. Speaking of quick jokes, one of my proudest ones in that similar vein of joke is uh, uh, some, one of my friends was buying a cat bed. I was like, oh, hey, what are you doing? She was like, um, looking at cat beds. I was like, why? You'll never fit. <laughs> it was just quick. It was quick and nice like that. Uh, I, f- I feel like those are the only jokes that I really hit the right way when I tell them, and everything <laughs> else that I actually write it just comes off terribly for a long. Because you have to fit, you have to fit those jokes into a formula. These ones just kind of happen, and that's what makes them great. Yeah, when, when someone else sets me up, I crush it. <laughs> Speaking of, of feelings, though, before we jump into the episode, I did want to bring up that today is the one-year anniversary of Mike Brooks's passing. Mm, that was a rough one. Yeah, that one hit hard. Yeah, Mike Brooks was a comedian within Philly, for those who don't know. Um, uh, Dan's record label put out his record. He was a really good friend and a good scene, part, part of the scene. Um, he was a guy that I would always see up at shows um, and like just it felt so comfortable for him just to say whatever. And oh, it always yeah. worked really, really great. Like, just a super funny guy. And I've, I've worked with him on a number of things. So we, we put on shows together. I put out his album. So like for years and years and years, we were working together on a lot of stuff. But when I first joined this one writing group that we were both part of, uh, Ben Fiddler was like, do you guys mind if I bring Dan Getz into this? He, he's really good at this kind of writing that we do here. And he's a, a good ear for a lot of jokes. He can help out. And everyone was like, sure, 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 sure. And then Brooks's response was like, I don't know him. We shouldn't do this. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I fucking love that. Yeah. Like, it was right. It was everyone else was just being nice. And yeah. like Brooks was being like, no, this is the real thought. Like we, <laughs> we, we can't just say yes to everything. And 
then we ended up becoming like really good friends out of it and like whatever. Yeah. That's so, like, kind of what happened with me and uh me and Cotton too, where it was like Cotton showed up to the Raven Lounge one day and was just like, Hey, I'm um uh, running the Raven Lounge again. I was like, Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> just this like blatant honesty that you sometimes need in your life, you know? Yeah, it was uh, uh getting emotional. But yeah, so like it, to, to go from the point where like that was basically where we met was uh-huh. in that group to like after shows, he would come up to me first and be like, how was that? Mm. I was like, why are you asking me? You're the one who's crushing. <laughs> like, yeah. What but are like, you talking about? That felt so cool. Yeah. That's gotta, you know, when you first, not even just first starting out, but to have someone that you admire come to you and ask you how you feel about that. That's a big thing. I feel like in a lot of comics lives to have that other person in the room that, you know, values your opinion. Yeah. And to, like, to go from a point where he was like one, there was probably like a dozen people in that group where he was the one who was skeptical. Mm. And it got to the point where he was like the only one still sticking it out. And he was the one. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> and it like, I, I proved that like everybody else was right. And he uh-huh. agreed. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Dan. You cared for this man deeply, and I'm glad to see that you're expressing your emotions honestly. Uh, yeah, go listen to his album. His album go is listen incredible. To his album. Watch this on Wasted Robot Records. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hell, we wouldn't have this network if it weren't for that album. So, that's like, true. That's, that's the weird long path of things. Yeah. We owe everything to Mike Brooks, everybody. And we have a great episode. We're going we're gonna to segue poorly, but I think... Uh, uh, Mike would have laughed at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Why are you doing that? <laughs> uh, good stuff. Mike was someone that like, I didn't have uh, a, like a, like as close a relationship with as you did, but I can honestly say that every time I saw him, he always made me laugh. Um, and I think about his uh, joke where he talk about paying a credit card bill with the same credit card. <laughs> that bill is too on. Yeah, I, I live. <laughs> I live in fear of that moment coming true. <laughs> oh no, no! I've tried that multiple times, and they're like, okay, "I'm waiting to get that email back that he says in the punchline." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that made the album. Go listen to it. Everybody yes. should listen to watch this. It's available everywhere. It's it's incredible. Did he did a great job? And if I might be so bold, you can pause this and then go listen to the album and then come back. Uh, yeah, but then I'm when okay you come back, this time. <laughs> uh, when you come back. Uh, this is a great episode with Kat Mosley. Uh, Kat does everything, I think. Kat's a person yeah. in the Philly scene. Speaking of incredible people. Kat was on the uh, Black Lives Matter episode. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, you should. Very important. Very good thing. St- things still going on that need work. And I think that's a great place to start if you don't know where to look or or what to feel. Um, we'll tell you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Cat uh, is a person that runs an open mic, um, and uh, we ran an open mic at Fergie's, and then the world ended, and then without missing a beat, was like, "Cool, I'm doing it on Zoom." Like it was just, it was just, it seemed instantaneous that she was just like she had it prepared. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, she does an amazing show where I have been asked to be on it multiple times. I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but it's called "For My People." Um, oh yeah, where she takes yeah. uh, she takes two different uh, groups of people that have been um, you know kind of 
put off to the side by society. It could be uh, a, 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 a group of, you know, uh, black folks and um, Asian folks. I believe I saw when I, a show once. I've seen one where it was people with um, neuroatypicals versus uh, pretty people. Was was a group of. <laughs> Was it I show? That one. <laughs> yeah, that was the one I was on. And uh, at the second round of that show, uh, you have whoever team one has to go against the white dudes. Can you guess what team I was on every couple months? Um, just I am cream cheese white. Yeah, you uh, are the white dude. She has the leak, which is an amazing podcast. Everything that Kat touches, I support fully. And I am honored that she's been uh, willing to come on this show twice <laughs> yeah yeah honestly but always such a fun person to talk to dan would you roll us into the episode all right yeah so you can find uh cat on instagram you can check out sucks to be quarantined every sunday and you can find any other shows she's doing and it's all worth checking out it's all top-notch stuff uh here's the episode with cat mosley r.i.p mike brooks cat how are you Oh man, I'm all of it. I'm everything. I think I finally understand what people mean when they say everything is everything. And in my 20s, I would have thought that that was dodging. (laughs) But it's just like, I feel all the things. Everything is actually happening. And it's still everything actually happening. the best answer I think we've ever had on the show. (laughs) Right? I mean, isn't this that state? That isn't this that moment in society? Isn't that everything is how you look at it is happening. Yeah. There's no there's nothing not happening to be like like sure dolphins are still swimming, but also Mm -hmm. prejudice is still happening and the world's on fire. And guess who's swimming with the dolphins? Sharks. Sharks. You gotta go down there in a wetsuit, they might mistake you for a seal. And that's your mama. Yeah. That's your mama. Y'all were just on a swim on a trip in the wetsuits. (laughs) Oh man. I just saw a story the other day. This woman was filming a documentary about shark attacks and while she wasn't filming, she got attacked by a shark. (laughs) See there? See that, that that is like perfectly 2020 right there. See? See? And there are so many lessons in that story. Like keep the cameras running. We are at that point as a society. <laughs> All cameras like, running. running. We need to make sure we, we can <laughs> you document this. Miss anything. There are my so my friends um that I went to college with recently got married and they splurged and went to South Africa for their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, like Florida. <sighs> like they should, <laughs> but they went to South Africa and they were like, Oh yeah, we did shark cage diving. I was like, why, why are you, why, 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 why? You know, this why? is going to sound very contradictory for me, but I would love to do that once. You have a shark head behind you. Of course you do. <laughs> but to, to do that means I would have to go in the water, in the ocean after yeah. being on a boat. I don't want to do any of those things. All the things you have to do and then get accustomed to breathing underwater in the snorkel, which I guess they make them well enough that it's just a matter of getting used to it for a couple of minutes. But all the things you, if Epcot Center, at least the Epcot Center of my childhood, which was a magical place, (laughs) and now I think it's just rusty robots. Yeah. But if Epcot could figure out that experience for me, I would do it. I just wouldn't do all, like Dan, all the things it entails. Mm. I want to see what it's like to have the sharks closing in on me without actually doing it. I can't explain that to my mama if something happens with the cage. <laughs> I want to feel like they're coming in, but I also want to know. Like, that's the one reason. I I know I was like, at theme parks growing up as a kid, I was like, 
my parents didn't want to bring me because they knew I wouldn't go on any rides <laughs> except in Disney World where I can ride all the rides mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. in my mind it's safe like it's mm-hmm. totally fine nothing's mm-hmm. wrong is going to happen meanwhile mm-hmm. people die at Disney every day mm-hmm. yeah. but that's by design Walt Disney wants you to feel like nothing can happen yeah uh, any drop is only four inches or so and yeah, then you're it's back. not terrible like mm-hmm. I remember my mommy lying to me because I was nervous about it and she was like oh yeah runaway train is just a train ride you don't have anything to worry about mm-hmm. and then i got off the train i was like first off that was rude <laughs> second <laughs> off can we go again because it Let's was do it again. <laughs> yes. yes yes disney tried it according to the view or some other abc show that i watch because they have news on Hulu. <laughs> you just can't like, do regular news you're just like view the view news the view is where i get my news <laughs> you need to get your news from Whoopi, and i understand that this is cat plugging this general abc <laughs> network yeah barbara walters right she's still on that show Anything right by barbara no, she's, she's not, not still on it but she's oh, the creator God. in spirit she's yeah there. she's there her, her living ghost haunts the sound stage <laughs> of the view I, I think i just went through this the other day i i got three of the four people right and it blew somebody's mind but it was Damn. Joy Behar, Whoopi Goldberg, Megan McCain, and I don't know who the fourth lady is. Sunny so. is a harder one to get. I now know Sunny from watching the show, and mm. I keep trying to figure out. I haven't actually done this research, so I need to go pretend. Because I could just <laughs> Google, why do we know Sunny Hostin? No, it's better not to know. It's better that just, I just like to let it world. unfold. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm oh, glad you said her last name, so now I know how to look it up. <laughs> Yeah, H-O-S-T-I-N. And I know she's an attorney. She used to work for the state attorney's office. I think she was a Fed. So, that so whatever that Star is, Jones she was a Fed. Too, when she was on there. So, right, they like to have somebody who's just... She, she wasn't famous. She was just like, <laughs> I right. work in a high-profile job. Right, kind of thing. like yeah. Megan McCain is a McCain. They do yeah. want to replace her with someone else, but she's not a somebody's daughter. And that's an odd thing. Yeah, it is. is pedigree. This other person is just engaging. And that's interesting. And it's also like, I, I respected you for having like different viewpoints and stuff, mm-hmm. but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like you hired someone for being someone's daughter. Like mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. your own political views. Mm-hmm. You obviously you're part of a dynasty that is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I get that that's pulling in the views and ABC, a Disney company that is slowly but surely coming into the forefront of like, no, we're going to show same sex relationships in our cartoons mm-hmm. and we're going to promote this for our network and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then to see someone from that area come and be like, but also mm-hmm. listen, suburban Philadelphian moms. Mm-hmm. We have someone for you as well. It's, it's weird to think that she's like a step back in the right direction, though, because she's still very much on that side. But before her, that position was Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who was an absolute was she bad psychopath. Shit? I didn't watch yeah. in the Hasselbeck she days, but my nuts. sense was okay. Okay. And that just wasn't liberal hatred of other opinions. That was like actual batshitness. She, I mean, today we're probably seeing pretty tame, but like, <laughs> but like for, for the day, it was a lot of that like borderline conspiracy right wing stuff. And she was just like pushing real hard. And it was like on daytime television. <laughs> like, but now yeah. it's just like, no, it's everywhere. Of course it's on daytime television. Yeah. yeah. It's House Megan, of Mouse. <laughs> yeah. She lured me in. Megan got me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I started watching in the early days before the WHO 
uh, declared this a global pandemic, declared the COVID. Do y'all know that there's a pandemic right now, right? Have y'all heard of COVID-19? Um, I've heard it mentioned. I believe it's from the year 19, therefore it's COVID-19. I thought there was just 18 before that. I know you would think that there's 18, yeah. but it's just a coincidence. But yeah, that's just how screen names work. But the diseases, <laughs> it's a year thing. <laughs> okay. Because it's been really awkward at work where I'm like, you know, just wearing things on my chin and they're like, please pull that up. And I was like, I don't even know what this is. I thought it was just because I shaved. I just know I have to wear it to get in the door. (laughs) (laughs) And then immediately take it off. (laughs) But you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So so at that time, Megan wasn't sounding that shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a couple of things like there were occasionally there were a couple of people on the show who were like, when I'm out in public, I want to tell people to back away. They're not standing six feet from each other. And there was this idea that as a society, we need to police each other in that way. And then I was like, oh, these bitches, it's <laughs> control. Right. But other than that, she sounded OK. And then the revolution hit. Mm-hmm. And she started all this. Like at first, it was like, "This is horrible. This is murder. This is disgusting. What's happening? Racism is a problem. How could anybody deny it?" And then she started the slippery slope talk, and that mm-hmm. was how you could tell she'd been, you know, her racist friends watch her on the View and talk to her about it afterwards. Why wouldn't they? Absolutely. Why wouldn't they? And they're like <laughs> talking to her about the show, and you can tell she's like heard enough of this nonsense that she thinks it makes sense for her to say it publicly. Mm-hmm. And that, so I, it's weird in watching Megan, I can see her entire community speaking through her. Yeah. And then she seems stunned that the community she's actually with doesn't get it that way. Yeah. So the whole panel is who they are. Like Whoopi is actually conservative among black people. She's like, why are we asking for a black woman vice president? That's too demanding. Sonny is like, everybody makes demands. I'm a lawyer. I know this is reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) And Joy Behar is like, Trump is trash. He's trash and everybody is cowards. And she's the comedian. So she don't give a shit what you think about her. She's like, I'm old and I hate everybody. (laughs) What's that? How, how She's is willing. Joy Behar's position on that show so permanent? Mm-hmm. She ain't got to go nowhere. This is how you sunset. I was thinking that. I wish Joy Behar for friends of mine. I wish that sort of role for <laughs> yeah. us. I wish for us to accomplish enough that we just get to chill on daytime and yeah. not be taken seriously by oh. any of our comedian colleagues. But they all get it. That's the porch swing. Mm. Daytime television. Let me ask you this, Kat. Would, would, <laughs> would daytime television make you feel invigorated after a long day? Did it. Oh, okay. did it, Dan. Okay. Dan, Dan did you, you were recording, right? That was the best one we've done so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna not say that's better than any of the ones I've done recently that you make fun of me for, but I'll let you have it. We, we do need to get into it, so I'll let you have it. <laughs> I will give it to you that sometimes when I need a little pick me up at mm-hmm. the end of a day of like thinking and you know uh mentating um i mentating is a funny word mentating. It, sounds like, it sounds like i'm licking my brain it sounds like re- it <laughs> sounds like a, yeah, i've never thought about it like that but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i do tune into the view for mm. a little invigoration for a little bit of an invigorated feeling sometimes yeah. during the day that those arguments with megan have just gotten great and you watch joy have fun with megan getting mad at her (laughs) i think there's this expectation that like 
like women, I'm socialized to make sure people are comfortable and like, don't make another woman feel too challenged, especially in public. It's one thing to pull up with her and be like, girl, but in front of everybody, mm-hmm. come on, I got the world doing that to me. Joy don't give a shit. She's been <laughs> on quarantine too. She's just like me. Like as far as I'm concerned, I'm in this room right here. Fuck what you feel. You all the way over there. You all the way. So it's just a reminder that so like, are they doing shows in person now or is it on no, Zoom? No, they just okay. all have the same backgrounds, like from different perspectives in the view oh, backgrounds, I, I think. Um, <laughs> but they're all in different spaces, which does impact the dynamic. I could see that. I've been geeking out over it because it sucks to be quarantined. So dynamics change <laughs> because of the screen. Oh, absolutely. And, and because of our environments. I'm home. I wish you motherfuckers would. I'm home. <laughs> That's I'm like me and Dan. Like, yeah. I, like we did the show. We know we did the show. Maybe like one or two episodes in person. Yeah, three, four episodes in person. You mean since March? Yeah. Well, like we we did one in February, and then we were like, okay, let's keep that on the back burner, and then we'll kind of figure out. We'll do a couple back ones, and then yeah. we'll record later. Um, and then everything hit right after we did our episode with uh, Greg Gethard. Uh, financial guru Gethard because he was yes. in character. We have yeah, to remind character. people okay. now. Okay. When we have different. him on instead of another episode. A big difference, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but and then I found myself like you know be, like the show is feel feelings and I was like okay let me let's let's get deep sometimes let's kind of have really like a real it. a real moment and then as soon as you went to Zoom I was like ah look at your fucking hair asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he he won't do this to me face to face. No, it's really not. Like face to face. Look at you, idiot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's um. I at one point of the, like doing the league, like, I I got really curious about trolling. So people have broken down the psychology of trolling, and there are a bunch of really cool syllables. Something like solipsistic something mm. that happens in your brain where you don't recognize you're doing it, but you're now confusing yourself with the person you're typing Mm. and also that person over there you're forgetting they're a person like this is just words George typed it's different and and I think Mm -hmm. it happens on screen I think that on screen you are just eyebrows that I see you (laughs) are just there I am so bad at you (laughs) I do want to bully you for your eyebrows but I don't have eyebrow chokes locked and loaded (laughs) I, I, to what you're saying, Kat, I feel like I see it, but it's going past the screen in recent weeks because uh-huh. I work in retail and I think uh-huh. it's got something to do with face. If part of the face is covered, uh, that mm-hmm. humanity kind of goes away a little bit. Like obviously eyes. So there's something human there. But the amount of people that have come up to me and like, like I've said, hey, please put on your mask. And they're like, why? Mm-hmm. No one's here right now. I was like, I'm here. Yeah, I'm a person. Yeah. <laughs> or like. There's this girl that we've been working with for a while. She like got the job the day before work got canceled for three months. Like she got a step beyond I'm here and be like, you're here. Yeah. What do you mean no one's here? (laughs) You are. So this this new girl, but this new girl showed up and then she took a drink of water while we were standing around and she moved her mask off. And I was like, oh. Oh, you have a mouth. Like, I just had no idea. I had never seen the bottom yeah. half of her face. And I was like, this might sound weird. We've been talking all day and this might come off a little weird sounding, but 
that's the first time I've seen the lower half of your face. <laughs> I'm telling you, back when I worked at Starbucks in my youth and I had conversations like that with dude be, dudes behind the counter, I totally thought they wanted me. So you might have just come on to your co-worker. <laughs> Did not mean to. No, I made sure and to, I I issues, to premise that. I was like, listen, this might sound weird. <laughs> yeah, you try. And then I'm like, oh, he cares about my feelings, but he wants my mouth. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just as a friend. I'm letting yeah, you know. What Thank you. I'll I make sure to clear that up. Degraded, <laughs> but maybe in parts of me, you didn't. Yeah. Oh God. I'm just, I'm just watching that snowball, that conversation snowball. I'm like, listen, I didn't mean anything by that. The but other your day. mouth, the existence of, and you were sipping <laughs> yeah, water. Yeah, it was, it was just, like a droplet mm. of water on your lip. And yeah, it's just, just, you know, like, oh, droplets, wow, COVID-19, put that mask back on. Be like, I, I just started working in the office for my company, which is not something I do generally. And there's, there's always a handful of people and they're all wearing masks. And I do not know still a month later, if I've ever met them before. Like mm. I, I do not register their faces just from their eyes as anyone familiar, but they easily could be. Like they, yeah. they talk to me like they know me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you have to go with it. Yeah. yeah. There is a whole new level of, hey, you yeah. happening in every workspace around the country. Just, oh, Buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and that is, there's a weird way that that is unifying. There's mm. a little bit of mask solidarity. And I don't know if it's happening in different environments. Like I know when I went to the dental office, they were all really good at hearing each other from behind mm. masks, but they didn't remember that patients, I just got here, dude. I have no <laughs> idea what you're saying. I don't speak mask yet. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like so when you grow up in God. New York and you listen to the subway and like you yeah. understand subway <laughs> talk. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, oh no, we have to get off at the Calb. I know this. Seventh <laughs> Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there is definitely difficulty to that. Cause like I've, I've had trouble hearing my whole life and like, part of the compensation is like looking at someone's mouth moving and like kind of registering that I should be hearing something so I can kind of clue into it a little bit better and yeah. not being able to do that. Like the extra focus that it takes to just like stay locked into a conversation that you don't know if you're having or not when you can't hear them perfectly. Like yeah. I, it's, it's a struggle. I I'm 43 and I've been having trouble hearing young people since I was about nine. So. <laughs> That's not just selective though. No. <laughs> I couldn't hear rap lyrics. I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> that is true. Cause the topic that I was going to bring up, but we'll get to it later. I was like, I have no idea what this song is about, but it feels good. Like it's a song right? that feels good. Oh, sure. right? yeah. yeah. And then when you listen to the lyrics later, there's a ton of different versions of that. Like there's songs that like, you know, I've heard that are like really pump up jams for the, like the gym or like about to go for a run or something. And then you listen to the lyrics like, oh, this is, Ooh, this is problematic. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There was one. Oh, there was a Fat Joe hype song, but it was basically about telling that bitch up to get up out of bed. Go like it was time to go. Oh, damn it. <laughs> But I, oh, it was no. like a hype song. And then I was yeah. like, I can't have that first thing yeah. in the morning. Like, no, it's a bit much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's like, why I started looking for instrumentals. Instrumental, yeah. yeah. A yeah. lot of band of horses. Um, but I find that some of my favorite music is music that like pulls me into the song. I almost feel mm -hmm. like I'm performing it or can't. The music that says sing along with me 
Mm. Like, even when yeah. I see dancers and I suddenly feel like moving, I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Like I look, mm. I break that one out of weddings <laughs> sometimes, but that's all I do. I get to the floor and I just go, uh, 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 <laughs> for three and a half minutes that I walk <laughs> off the dance floor. Y'all need to release video of this. Y'all gotta release video of a chest pump. We're oh recording. <laughs> Oh, that was another thing I was going to talk about with um, with like music that's like a bit much up top. Um, I was looking through like I went on a little like weekend getaway because I had the weekend off from work. So I was like, oh, let me look up some like summer jams. And I found the Obama's 2019 summer playlist and had a couple good songs on it. And one of them was um, uh, 50 or 45. It's, it's the song by Toots and the Maytals that's about mm. Toots getting arrested in London for drug possession. <laughs> Oh my God! No, like, it's like this is a good song, but Michelle, your your husband's the weed smoker. Come on now, <laughs> she's not not the weed smoker. Yeah, we it's just true. Don't know. She's a cool mom. <laughs> Michelle Obama cool mom. and my mom could hang out. Like that's what I miss about a first lady. That's like, like you know, there's like, oh, I feel like I could have a beer with them. Like that whole politician trope. I was like, I just want someone to like make my mom feel special. You know. Yeah. <laughs> To someone, if they walked in the room, you feel like you might be able to talk to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. approachable, nice. You could bring her something challenging. Mm. You really could, mm-hmm. and like even read her expressions for what you should do. You don't yeah, necessarily she's like, magical that way. Like yeah. the bushes too. Like the first first lady had like that quality. Like that was a, a first lady quality of like, oh no, they can they can hold their own in this conversation, and you're gonna feel good because you're having it with them. But what's terrible is that they were evil. Um, so oh, yeah. it was like were, an evil yeah. ploy to get you in, and then they devour your bone marrow from the inside yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. You know the bushes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura kind of hated most children. Yeah, I don't think Michelle hates most children. I think she's like, my kids have to go to school with you, so mm-hmm. please don't be awful children. <laughs> well, I think she's pretty genuine on that. Well, yeah. that was like, I feel like. When Obama was in office, they like, or maybe it's right when he got out of office, they went to Cape Cod for a little bit and Sasha and Malia got summer jobs at like a crab shack somewhere on Cape Cod. My friend worked at a restaurant up there and has a picture with Obama. Yeah, like that's, that's the kind of like way you want to raise your kids. Not like, I'm going to give you a million dollars and then you'll get you, don't worry, you'll all get jobs and secret passes to the back so you can see exactly what we found about aliens. It's so funny you bring up Sasha and Malia because I love the little, like, what we get to see in them, which is their lives are never going to be normal. Mm. They're never going to be pull yourselves up by the bootstrap children. Normalcy, fuck your normalcy. It doesn't exist for them. Their parents had to construct an entire normal for them. Very true. And like, it's good for a parental relationship to teach your children to work. Yeah. Guess what, kid? You're going to have to work and you're not going to be the my problem for the rest of my life because you never learned to work in your crazy lifestyle that I created for you. Yeah. So they, go to work. You're on Cape Cod. <laughs> go to work. You're not working in inner city D.C. A work. part of me, a part of me wants to think that like, yes, it's that. But a part of me is also like we just got done seeing each other. Go away. <laughs> Yeah. Just give me a summer with your mother. (laughs) We we just had eight years where I couldn't let you out of my sight. Please leave. Yeah. Or at least it's like, you know, at least I know you're in that room. You know, it's like, okay, I'm busy doing doing the 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 presidential thing. I'm very busy. Just stay in that room. 
Don't yeah. do anything stupid. Please don't yeah. be the Bush twins and just yes. start partying. Yes, with I can't Please don't y'all. do that. Y'all better not be out here partying. <laughs> and then they respected that. And then they got summer jobs. Best, best parents. Way to go yeah. as like for best presidential family. The Obamas. I'm going to go did there. Well. They did well. They did well. They did well. And it helps that he talked openly in his books about doing drugs. Yeah. So what y'all got? I done smoked it and snorted it. I done did it. <laughs> And you voted for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of y'all partied with me. Cool. Yeah. cool, but these kids they, gonna know how to work. Yeah, they're gonna go to Cape Cod and schlep <laughs> crab and fries. You're gonna smell like fish yeah. skin all yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah, and if you come home smelling right, we got a problem. Yeah, where was where was the crabs today? Where were you? Huh? Yeah. Not a big day for the trout. Go back to work. Scrub dishes. <laughs> Also, me and your mother were having a lovely evening, and then you turn up smelling like this. It. Go. Yeah. Yeah, there, and I'm gonna no worry about why you smell yeah. floral. Oh. Why? Why? <laughs> what, what are you hiding? <laughs> so, other than um, daytime television, is there anything else? Any ideas that you had? That, like uh, just the inner mind of how Cat uh, Mosley rises from the le- lethargy. Mm, there's a lot of anger. i've been mobilizing my anger that's another thing i feel safe to do in my home and there is so much creative power in it yeah (laughs) so much and being like well what do i want to say about that so this week i want to say fuck your normalcy and so we're theming sucks to be quarantined around it because this is not normal wanda sykes already said it people been saying it this is not normal the human brain will seek normalcy that's cool i feel myself feeling more like normal Mm -hmm. but fuck that because this is not normal (laughs) we can't wait until october to be like "Uh uh-uh this isn't normal we need to do something about this like we kind of do have to put like keep the abnormalcy in our the front of our mind absolutely yeah. you have to call it out because otherwise yeah it's so easy to just be like oh this is just what i do now yeah yeah oh yeah we didn't even we didn't even plug how great sucks is uh cat is a uh godmother of philly comedy y'all uh she does so much for this scene and one of my first open mics that i went to it was like the only one that you felt warm at even if you were mm-hmm. going up super late i remember actually i remember brian wanting to kill me the first time <laughs> I got up because I was trying to do like, it was like late. There was basically just Tyler Wolf and like three other comics, like Eddie Hansen and stuff. that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. in the corner, no one's paying attention. And I was like, this is my first time here. This is so great that like, this is available to people because I'm still jazz. Comedy hasn't hurt me yet. Uh, and I'm running around. And then it was during the time when Fergie's had a missing window pane in the stained glass window. And I was like, this place is great. You got a gold lady in the corner and just no window and just kept on putting my hand in and out of the window. <laughs> and I watched Tyler look at Brian, him just going, cause I guess people would talk about that a lot. And he was just like, don't fucking punch another thing. Oh. Like it is too late. This kid is probably drunk. I don't know who this kid is. <laughs> oh. But yeah, oh, yeah. And then Kat does the podcast, the leak. She does everything. Kat's great. I love Thank Kat. You. Thank you. Mid-show promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank well, you. I mean, well, this has been an outrageous time. Go ahead, Dan. You were going to say I'm great also? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I was, actually. <laughs> I, one of one of my favorite stand-up memories is after the uh, 
second night of Chase show where you came up to me and you were like, I love how you did this, 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 and this. I'm like, holy oh. shit, you were listening. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> and like, like I had a great set that night and it felt good, but it didn't really feel great until that. Oh, that makes me feel stuff right now. Thank <laughs> you. That's like, I don't know if it makes sense to you, but that's humbling for me. No. One of that, that one conversation could have that impact. If we're just to, if we're just talking cat at this point, uh, <laughs> I think my favorite cat story was I was drunk at Fergie's. You were on stage. You said something about gospel music, and I did like a run, and without missing a beat, you're like, Bruderman, you're not allowed to do that." <laughs> <laughs> working on which is that I have racist ears so I remember you doing that yeah. and it moved me it was so right on time and everything sometimes you musical whites you trick my ears we're good and uh, I think I'm at church <laughs> <laughs> and you like took a beat and you were like no, no. I know I I don't know <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm actually working on something about this. It's like when in the 90s, something that my friend's parents could be heard to be saying about me was, and when you're on the phone with her, you can't even tell. You can't <laughs> Ooh, even Jesus tell Christ. she's black when she calls. I know, Jesus Christ, now, but this was seen as a compliment in the early 90s. It was like, oh, she sounds magnificent. I she need to give her a job. Delightfully white. <laughs> oh. Her name's Catania? No, okay, Cat. Cat for no, short. We'll just call her Cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Have, have you guys seen Sorry to Bother You? Yes. Yes. When, when that voice comes out of Danny Glover, yes. just like kind of the, the epitome her, her, of that story. Is, yes. Just like, <laughs> yes. 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 That is so sneaky what they're doing with that, too. It's mm. amazing. Oh, that, that movie. I do, until it goes like completely off the rails at the end (laughs) that movie is perfect yeah like it it is like 80 percent of the way absolutely perfect and then i'm like i'll lose it it at the end but like oh my god that movie's great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let me ask you guys something whatever happened to predictability there must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sid, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sid with Silas P. We're back. And welcome <laughs> back. Yeah. Wasn't that a great ad read that I did? Because I don't think Dan does, does is too busy. Nope. <laughs> no, but I, I do I do too much other stuff for this show. Yeah, you do so all the ads. He's like, hey, can you put some like weird background music and talk about <laughs> like peaks? That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan. Oh, I was going to send it to you. No, I'll you want me to go? Fine. I'll go. I'll have it. No, I'll go. I feel like I always go last. It's yours. Go for it. All right. So if we're talking invigorated, I was thinking invigorated, meaning like, you know, you're it's 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 a elevation of emotion. You know, it's it's an elevating emotion. It's not like, OK, I'm jazzed. It's like I am in one place and now I'm going to get better from there. And I was trying to think of like songs that make me do that. And we talked about it briefly in the first half. But Bob Seger's Night Moves is great. <laughs> 
It's, I don't have it. What oh, is it? It's it's just like it's basically slow dad rock from the 70s and it's a story it's a song that kind of just starts off with acoustic guitar and slowly builds it's got like this all-female chorus in the background accenting things um and then it has two different bridges where it just keeps on lulling and then coming up and then lulling and coming up and it feels very much like steps and so if i can track the emotion up the steps i'm good for the day like oh so good you're talking, that's like how a gospel song moves. Mm. Aww. Okay. That's a five-minute song, Cat. We can't take this time. He took his time with the groove. Okay, okay, okay. No, okay I, I okay. couldn't hear it that whole time, okay, okay. so I have no idea what happened. Oh, <laughs> sorry, and you were in silence, Dance. Sorry. If I had known <laughs> it was fun to watch you guys hear stuff, though. Yeah. That, that's a rare experience. Yeah. I've been doing Just that watching people. on Sucks to be Quarantine because I can't tell now that we've brought in video um, content. Like, I mm. have to watch, I have to enable the side panel and, like, look mm. for reactions. Because if I'm playing a video that's getting dead air, that's just awful. I remember you doing that with uh, uh, Hoffman's thing about Night's Tale, where oh. I think, like, the first week we didn't have access to it, and the second week we allowed access to it, and... <laughs> It was just, it was fun to watch him click through as quick as possible yeah. to get through the, get yeah. through the joke. It was great. And that was by request. Some people yeah. ask and we do <laughs> let them by request. Um, yeah. and, and I, we, it's just, we use our discretion. Mm. Yeah. So the, that song, like it reminds me, I've been listening to, so I'll, I'll throw out the, a couple artists, Tori Kelly, who okay. makes my racist ears uncomfortable. Um, and uh Beyonce and um so I've only seen Black is King once but she's absolutely doing it in that oh I forgot that came out yeah Beyonce before Black is King dropped Black Parade and then there were people hinting at how Black Parade had been there it was part of this other project Black and Black is King that was coming out. But mm. what's interesting is when you watch Black is King, Black Parade doesn't come until the credit sequence at the end no of Black way. is King. But Black Parade was in fact dropped during the revolution, during the post-George Floyd revolution. And so I, I list, there's the song, but there's ex- the experience of intrigue for me as somebody who's creating very public work mm-hmm. during this very tumultuous time. Like, how does one do that? How does one put it into the craft? And, yeah. and when people painfully recall, I think we talked about it on this show, George Floyd called out for his mother there's mm-hmm. all of this motherland, motherland drip on me and Black Parade and all of this looking to mama and looking at her story and Black Parade. I think it's a it's a magnificent, it's an incredible example of creating during this time. And I've seen that mm-hmm. in Chappelle's 846. I didn't get to watch closely that or Hannibal Burris is special, but I see people being like, we're forced into this moment because it's what it's everything is everything all Mm. over again. We're in this everything is everything moment and we are creatives and that is where we live to some extent. So how do we do that given the circumstances of this moment? And then Tori Kelly, the music of hers that's moving me, there's a song she did called Never Alone. I don't know if y'all want to play it now. If I had, if I was running the Zoom, I would 
would do it. She does it with <laughs> Kirk Franklin. Are you familiar with this name, Kirk Franklin? And I do not know Kirk Franklin. Yeah. He yeah. is like gospel ditty. Hmm. Um, and it's an achievement to work with Kirk Franklin. So maybe he's gospel ditty of the 90s. There was a time when you wanted to do, and even now, yeah. would anybody pass up? If Diddy was like, come work for me, even though you're kind of afraid he's going to beat you with a baseball bat, you're still like, <laughs> I'll work with Diddy. Anyway, well, Tori look, Kelly works with Kirk Franklin, yeah. and um, she has a way. She has a way, and it troubles my ears because I'm like, you should be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time with this version, so this is real time. But you can hear like that sing along part, that the repetitive uh-huh. nature. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's good. Yeah, you, d- you didn't have to know that song before. You didn't, and you're in it. And they'll mm-hmm. they'll invite you in. I've seen a drum, shit, what are they called? Something look, ah, uh, Philly Blocko, something like this, where they bring dancers and they're an entire drum troupe. And cool. just in case you don't know that you should be dancing, the dancers will make you dance. <laughs> like they tell you <laughs> to dance. Oh, is, that, is that the group that just like walks around Philly? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. Do like, they I, bring I've dancers seen that a with times, them? Yeah. It is unbelievable just like just like down in like center city and all of a sudden like it just echoes through the the streets and you don't know where it's going to come from because of the echo and all of a sudden it just comes out of nowhere this like parade it's um, i love it it's unbelievable which makes it experiential for you so it's not merely performance that you're perceiving that you're beholding but now you're in it like you have an experience with it i was typing and i heard these drunk now it's a story Mm -hmm. in your life rather than just a thing you consumed there's such a joy to it too Yeah, Yeah. that's part of it, too, where it's like it forces you to have that story because it's like it subverts expectations, kind of what we do as comics, where it's Mm -hmm. like we have a setup and then uh, like we try to make the punchline, not what you're expecting. Yes. Um, It's that same thing, but within just kind of your natural consciousness of just like, oh, oh, yes, oh, yes. okay. And now we get to talk about this because of, hey, everyone else experienced that, right? Yes. Um, I do want to mention, because while watching that video, if you want to... Have fun. We'll we'll link the video at some point, yes. maybe in like the show notes. Uh, there is a part right in the beginning where you see a couple people up front singing groove, and they're like, "Damn, Tori Kelly, you're you're doing it. You're killing it right now." But if you look past them, oh, you the can white see lady? no. You can see Nicole Kidman. Just, oh shit! She's just staring there, like, okay, it's not for me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there's oh, the shit. two. The two women singing together for like front and center in the crowd. It's like literally just right between the two of them. Like I saw it too. Yeah. And Nicole Nicole Kim is just like, okay, cool. Well, it has a nice beat. Like (laughs) there's like a a little sway to it. Like just just like, okay, well, I guess we're listening to music. This is so interesting because with Sucks to be Quarantined, a different way of presenting. I'm so glad you did the comics tie-in because by the way, I could geek out over this alone. Mm. Rachel Fagletto and I were talking recently about how manipulative comedy actually is as a craft. Like it's it's what you just said. I'm saying words to you, but I have to make you experience them. And the way I do that is by setting you up for me to go in one direction and then going in another somehow. And that's very Trumpian of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you a bold-faced lie, and it's gonna be. And I, then I'm, I'm gonna, gonna hope you're laughing. Do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck your equal no. housing. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very funny because, like, that's what I've always viewed stand-up as, and I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's part of like how I developed 
I guess I have a style. I don't know. I'm a goofy fun time boy. Uh, and that's <laughs> like my voice. Uh, but you, when I was trying to learn from comedians, watching other comedians, seeing what they're doing, it's always something that I learned. I was like, you need, it's a, you need to manipulate the audience. You need to manipulate yes. the crowd, even if it's all your friends, yes. like find a way to get them on your side because there's nothing worse than just because he's your background, David Feinberg doing like a <laughs> laugh in the background. Like just he's like a- so effective at who he is. He is. He's so yeah. effective. <laughs> and that's an interesting thing that the Zoom environment has given me is the opportunity really to watch what we're doing. And there are ways that we can experience and display each other's personas here mm -hmm. that we just can't in real life. So there's a weird way that I, I'm interested in whether real life stage persona is as reductive as it feels from here. Like there's mm -hmm. a complexity I get to have with a bunch of content mm -hmm. behind me. So when you interact with me in the virtual space, I'm somebody with with like we're going on our 20th show. And so I'm building on that personality and on stage, I'm like, I have this five minute relationship with you. And okay, there are nine people in the room who may have seen me before. So I have to work with them and their awareness of me. So tags, surprises, reading the room, hmm. those, there are all these other assessments I made. Anyway, I wonder whether I can bring this complexity to the stage, but what you, there's even what I get to observe myself observing. So y'all saw Nicole Kidman and I was seeing how bought in all the black people were. Because mm -hmm. when you like, <laughs> like there, that there's that imagery to me, we've seen Madonna with a gospel choir and they're going to be mm -hmm. bought in. It's exciting that it's Madonna, but mm -hmm. there's a way they're all together, all singing their hearts out. They're not Yes, they're there to enhance because that's what a choir does. Yeah. But there the is a part of yes. gospel is the good part of gospel. Yes, like, yes. Like it, it's what makes it like energetic yes. and something you can re really lock into when you're like experiencing it. The one and allness. It like there's mm -hmm. this one person, but all of our experience. Like the singer is usually great. Yeah. But it's the chorus. It's like, no, you're part of this too. Yes. Like, see that dozen people up there doing it? You're, you're, you're with them. Yeah. Like you're, you're doing what yes. they're doing. And different people connect at different points in it. So I love that y'all saw Nicole Kidman. Now I'm going to go back and look at Nicole Kidman. And it's watching worth sucks. it. Yeah. <laughs> there were times it's in like, watching like sucks when I was like, okay, I'm one of the black people having a good time. And then I go back and watch the video and look for what sort of time other people might be having. And mm. I learn things um well you did that to me all the time where like you'd have like you'd hold church at the end and you guys are talking about george floyd being killed you know all this stuff where it's like really poignant stuff it's the after the show talk yeah and then you would just put me on screen <laughs> just you know i know not to interrupt because i've been yelled coat. at for it for too yeah. much <laughs> oh that coat i remember that coat it's a good coat and then when you I didn't interrupt, there was a commentary about how you had interrupted in the past. Never over it. Ever. <laughs> no, I get it. I'll never speak again. I don't think you understand. My brain doesn't work like, okay, let me learn from this. I was like, oh, I can, I can only talk on my own show and then I'm silent for the rest of the time. <laughs> I was gonna say, Kat, your, your show has made my show really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Your show is great, Dan. Shut up. I make, I make this show fun. Uh, speaking of which, Dan, what invigorates you? 
other than um, ruining this show. <laughs> Bastard. And that does give me a, a special energy that doesn't come from anywhere else. That's for sure. <laughs> but um, actually, lately, it's it's been the uh, Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour. Have you ever watched the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour? No. no I couldn't. I, I like Glenn Campbell, but... Uh, after watching like the first 30 seconds of the documentary about him and him uh, suffering Ooh. from Alzheimer's. That, was, that song, the, the, yeah. the song he made for that documentary is like easily the most heartbreaking song I've ever yeah. heard. Can't, couldn't do it. Like the fact when he's in the doctor's office with his wife and she's like, the doctor's going like, oh, who's the president of the United States? And he was like, I have no use for that information. And it's yeah, like, it's just him creating an excuse so he doesn't have to answer to why he's not remembering things. It's like, ooh, I immediately turned off. I was like, okay, yeah. I like Glenn Campbell, but I like Glenn Campbell how he is in my head. So the uh, the context for, for Kat, the, uh, the song, he made in a documentary about how he was basically just kind of slipping away to Alzheimer's. And he wrote a song for the documentary. He's like legendary songwriter. He's like tons of classic songs. I think he joined the Beach for... Boys for a minute. Yeah, he like, like t- tons of classic songs that he wrote for himself and for other people. But he wrote this song called I'm Not Gonna Miss You. That was basically about, I'm not gonna have the memory to remember that you were in my life. And it is Ooh. so depressing. It's a song he wrote to his wife. It is such a like, to, to have that coherent and cohesive of a thought mm-hmm. and to be able to express it when you're losing the ability to do that. Like I, I really can't even mm-hmm. wrap my head around that idea. There's but something so about, comedy about that setup. I'm not mm. going to miss you. And then having it be that that's actually like grief. Yeah. And isn't yeah. that how relationship endings are? Like when someone is like, I'm not going to miss you. It's actually yeah. like, oh, yeah. I wish I could have that longing for you. But I, I won't uh, even have it. Yeah. I, I, I won't say that I'm as good of a, a writer as Glenn Gamble, but um, one time I wrote a song and uh, back when I was, <laughs> uh, but it was called, it was based off of an idea where I read about an author who had written a thing saying like, I have terminal cancer. And he, way he phrased it, when he, he was like, I've asked my wife to be my widow. And I was like, there's comedy Ooh. there, but Ooh, there's yeah. also a lot of like underneath there. Yeah. And so I like wrote this song where like, the, the song was called, Will You Be My Widow? And it was this very dark thing, but with a little tongue in cheek, like a little Morrissey t- t- peppered in there to be like, kind of like, oh, let's f- flirt with death a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of have this thing. But yeah, there's like, under, I think, any comedian's jokes, you're going to find the 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 darker emotions rather than just the levity, you know? Because that's what it is. It's levity. It's going above what's the actual thing. Yeah. Part of me wishes that I knew of like his variety show. He had a four season run of a, a variety show, which is like unprecedented. This was in the seventies, right? Yeah. When yeah. like every musician had a variety show. Yeah. And like his is awesome. I, I just found it on like Pluto had a, you know, Pluto TV, like the mm-hmm. free TV app, whatever. It had a Glenn Campbell, like good time hour channel. I know it just play it all the time. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to put this on to be noise in the background. Cause that's how I like to watch TV is just it's on. And it, it is so funny and it has such a weird personality to it mm-hmm. that like, I, if I had known that and seen this before I heard that song, I think it would be even more depressing to see that like, there's still so much of that personality in that song, but I don't want to talk about the song. The song yeah. is sad. Don't talk about the song. <laughs> the show 
it, it gives all of these very famous people permission to be very weird. And like that, that idea alone, like since I, I like the last two weeks or so, I've just been watching it a lot and I've started writing more. I've started drawing more. All of a sudden I'm writing jokes again, which I hadn't done in a long time. And like, like the, the very first bit on the very first episode, it's John Wayne who he's a monster. I get it. But, <laughs> but like it's, it's him coming on and going, Oh, I'm so happy for your friend. It's been, it's been a long time coming. We finally got this going for you. And I'm, I'm really happy that you have this show giving, giving people a chance to do all this stuff. And like you, you had me come on and do this thing. And people are always expecting me to be like, a violent, like whatever, and like coming out and, and get just to like, have fun. Yeah. Yeah, like wrecking stuff. I just get to come out and like just congratulate you. I'm not really here to do anything other than that. And he ends this very like kind of nice sentiment thing. And with you, turns. my nigga, what does he say? <laughs> 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 oh, you know, he said it, but hard on. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just turns and walks straight through the set, just like crushes it. <laughs> Uh, beats it down and just walks straight through the set. Was, Brilliant. Like, that's that's how this series starts. And like, holy shit! Like this this show has a personality. Brilliant. And like, there my my favorite episode of it that I've seen so far. It has uh, Neil Diamond, Linda Ronstad, Liberace, and then a couple other. That's people variety. I recognize. Who was their yeah. booking manager? Yeah, yeah, they partied with everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean th this show like seriously has some of the best performances I've seen from like people I adore. Yeah. Like there's, there's a Stevie wonder performance in, in one of these episodes. I wish I could remember what episode it was. That is just so good. So I want to throw a thought at you because you've just said multiple things to me that have reminded me of the Chappelle show actually. Okay. So the thing you said about John Wayne reminds me of Wayne Brady. Um, do you remember the Wayne oh, Brady yes. yeah. sketch? I yeah. love Where, the Wayne like, Brady he, sketch. He had to spend, and I don't know that he ever turns around without coming back to the dark character, but remember the cop really wants him to sing. And so yeah. he sings, he gives him a little bit of that Brady, like mm -hmm. just like the other Brady did like the it's, bust through the set thing. So there's a little bit yeah. of that satisfaction when you bring people that the audience feels like they know. And then yeah. the musical guests, the acts. Mm. So uh, They have Dionne Warwick on mm -hmm. a number of episodes. She's like mm -hmm. a fairly regular guest through the, the seasons. And like easily some of the best performances I've ever seen from her too. And like Glenn Campbell will sometimes duet with people and like he kind of picks his spots really well when like he can like really accentuate the performer that he he'll duet with them. Yeah. But, like other times with like Stevie Wonder where it's like there's not much he can he can do. No, to, just let Stevie go. Yeah, just, yeah. Like go ahead. And like it's it's so cool. And like the um it feels super authentic. It feels just honest with itself. Yeah. Like a critique I have of of when Manuel Miranda and Hamilton is mm -hmm. like the lead needs to be the strongest. Not when you're Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> and like, if I'm the host of the show and I can't sing with Stevie Wonder, I need to just let Stevie Wonder sing and let mm -hmm. the audience have him without distracting yeah. them with how much I don't belong here. Go yeah. ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no. like, yeah I, I was just talking to somebody about that the other day where it's like, you don't think about it when he's doing songs by himself. Mm -hmm. But then when he does that duet at the beginning of the second act with uh, Leslie Odom, you're like, 
Oh shit, he doesn't belong. Yeah, this is it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I wrote a song about that very show. It, oh, it was about Leslie Odoms. It was about the uh, Burr character. And my song goes, it goes like this. Wait. I am the darkie that's going to shoot him the most famous hater you've never known. I'm the darkie that's going to shoot him. History will never sing my song. Thank y'all for laughing. It would have been so embarrassing if y'all sat quietly. You just that was that was a very good song, Cat. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing. <laughs> you should go into songwriting. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the Liberace part of the episode. They introduced him three times and like each time it's like, all right, we got Liberace. He's going to come out and play a song. And the first two times, just something weird goes wrong. Like it's like a written bit for Liberace. (laughs) But like the first time he comes out and he starts to play and like bench is wobbly. So he starts to like try to like adjust it and like ends up like chopping it all, all the legs down a little bit. And he's like too low on the piano. So he tries to like readjust the piano and ends up like chopping legs off of the piano. And then he <laughs> yeah. like runs out of time to do his song. So like he just leaves. <laughs> and then like That's a good bit. I love it. And like it's, it's one of those things where like I, I knew of Libera- Liberace, but like not really. Like yeah. I, I don't I know Liberace is like a big presence and like a flamboyant dude, but yeah. like you don't get to see what that personality actually like shows up as. Give him a little a room to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, his his second one, he was like, oh man, they had me on this comedy show to play music. And like, all I get to watch is these comedians coming on and telling jokes. And like, they have to work for like three seconds at a time. And mm-hmm. it, if it, they get a laugh, they get a laugh. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. And he just starts telling these like street jokes, just one after the other. And he's like, I don't know, how about this one? And like does another one. And then like at the end of it, Glenn Campbell's like, all right, Liberace, I guess. Like, it's so good. Actually, when you were talking about that, I remembered that I have seen a video clip from the Glenn Campbell show. Uh, and it was Merle Haggard, who's a country singer that I have one of his lyrics tattooed on the back of my leg. Uh, uh, and it's him, like, uh, Glenn Campbell's like, oh, I hear you're good at impressions, like musical impressions. And he was like, yeah, I, I, I can do a couple. And then he would do an impression of, like, all these old-timey country, outlaw country singers, Buck Owens, a um, couple other ones. And he would nail the impressions perfectly. And then after he would do the impression, the actual artist would come out behind him and be like, <laughs> That's how you That's feel about my me. Thing. Yeah. And then he was oh, then they walk off awesome. and they do Johnny Cash and Johnny Cash would walk out of the back and yeah. like, he he has some bro. good bits on the show too. Johnny Cash pops up a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, what's he doing other than yeah. you know there, there filming a, Walk the Line? Yeah, the there movie. was an episode of uh, of uh, with uh, Johnny Cash and June Carter. Awesome, it's yeah. so good. Now you reminded me of how Bernie Mac did the Bernie Mac show, how there was his room where he spoke to America. Yeah. And then yeah. he eventually had people come and join him. Like the way he kept it about the relationships. These people mm-hmm. know me. I'm presenting myself to you. And look how my family treats me. <laughs> and like yeah. how I treat them. <laughs> like always like shifting perspectives in that way and bringing that into the show is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's like revolutionary on that show too. Yeah, because like, it's a sitcom. It's a it, he was like no, no live audience. Fuck the laugh track. Yeah, yeah. you, you don't see 
narrators in sitcoms, let alone like we're going to cut to the narrator and yes. he's going to talk to you for a little while. Yes. And it worked so well on that show that like it's amazing it hasn't been ripped off. And isn't that what other comedy variety shows are doing? Like, isn't that to some extent what Seinfeld was doing when he went from stand up? to the restaurant, the to the situations. Yeah. Like there were these different ways you experienced yeah. them. Yeah. There's always there's always one way in. I will say that like Bernie Mac might be the only person with enough confidence and gall to pull off. Directly, like I am yeah. talking to you. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I believe, I believe, was it Bernie Mac? It was one of the Def Jam shows where he walks out on stage and just starts screaming, I'm not scared of you. I'm scared yeah. of y'all motherfuckers. Was that yeah. Apollo? Legendary. And they were Legendary. booing the people before him and he had to come out after somebody. Yeah. Booed. And he just pulls it off and like, that's I'm the Bernie Mac confidence. Yeah. yeah. I ain't scared of you. I wore this suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to watch a whole room of people who have just been like laying into everybody just be like, whoa. Okay, I guess yeah. we're going to listen to this one. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, Mr. This, this comics, oh. this comics yeah. is the one that we're going to listen yeah. to right now. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. he called it for what it is because the Apollo is scary. It's inherently scary. Yeah. We've had yeah, to take has, pride in the fact legend. that yeah. like sucks to be quarantined feels to people like Apollo. So I'm, we're just like owning <laughs> it <that>. now. But <laughs> the virtual space is so fast. It is mm-hmm. that pace where it's like, you better entertain us. You have our attention. So... Doing the virtual shows, it is tough to find that swing and find that confidence and find your voice. But then I see a couple people that like go on consistently every week and yeah. you see them work. Yeah. Like you've seen, I've seen Jared Little go from like, do I just do my normal jokes to being still one of the funniest people in Philly comedy. Yeah. Like, God yeah. damn. Yeah. Another person we talked about at the last episode, we were just like, I just want to see him do his human couch joke on stage again. Yeah, to be back in the world just for that to be a thing. Uh, Jared is yeah, one to watch. He's one to watch. I mean, I good. would definitely encourage yeah. people watching comedy to keep an eye on his moves. He's there's another kid. A creator. His uh, Instagram there's another kid. is my favorite Oh, thing. what is his name? Mm-hmm. I forget his name. Uh, Sam? Is that his first name? Is it Bansner? You talking yeah. about Bansner? Yeah. White yeah, or he, black? Uh, you can white say guy. it. Okay. White yeah, Bansner. <laughs> Bansner's a, a grinder. I'm That's really what it is. looking and forward like, to come up. He mm-hmm. grinds. So yeah. people get proud about sucks to be quarantined. But the thing is, we're an unpaid show run by people who have some commitment that doesn't make sense. Believe me, being like the person who's been there the whole time, this shit don't make sense. Except I'm doing it. I've invested. I have to go with the things that do make sense, which is it. I I do have to believe y'all will have to tell me when this is over, but I do think it has an impact. And I think it's a great place for people to come and be seen interacting with their comedy community and a guiding principle the entire time has been relationships, which is why I've been so intrigued by this Glenn Campbell Mm. conversation and just how much entertainers are trying to bring in relationships and the virtual space has been that challenge. We've lost yeah. so but many But that's what we do with this show. It's like yeah. we we have really funny people that have things that they want to talk about. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's an excuse to actually meet up and talk with friends and show like showcase our friends' talent. Yeah. Like our friends that are comedians. We had my yes. we had an episode. Uh, shout out to my friend Luke Roberge from high school. He started his own podcast because he was bored during quarantine. And I was like, I need to support it because he is a musical genius and he should be supported. And it was just like that. It's like putting your friends first. 
Yeah, yeah. Know, give people the platform to show up. And like, yeah, exactly. Bring them in. I don't exist here alone. When we're back out in the world with each other, fighting each other for a piece of a chicken wing, then I can ignore y'all motherfuckers again. Yeah. But right now, like, yeah. I have so much of myself here in this room. And yeah, relationships front and center. But what's interesting is a lot of comedians don't sign up. And there was a week when I was like, maybe we can't do signups anymore. Is that making it too hard? Yeah, Dad. Guilty as charged. I haven't done any comedy, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? I am, we, and maybe we have similar circumstances. We're doing things, we're creating other things. And when you're looking at making those things better, like there is a way that producing a show does take away from me performing. And ways I've had to find of doing that is producing videos, producing content that Mm -hmm. I can run in lieu of my performance. Um, oh yeah yeah in a in a live show so that's a new that's something i'm invigorated about is like stepping into creating content in that way and then i'm intrigued that uh there are people who still ask how they can get on the show even though they've gotten the answer you can sign up on the show for the show you can sign up and sometimes it's a decision (laughs) sometimes it's just numbers Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like who did i get to and scrolling messages who got suggested. So you're relying on a small group of people who have been seeing the same people. It's kind of like the club principle, but like if you sign up, then you're seen. And, and so anyway, I don't know how I got into talking about it. I don't know. I love it. We do, we should wrap up, but before we leave, I wanted to say, first off, thank you so much for being on the show. And then also, um, I've said it once before on stage when I was hosting, but Kat Mosley is the sister Rosetta Tharp of Philly comedy because, <laughs> because solely she gave us the comedy that we needed and then we abused that comedy and never think her. <laughs> Be sure to rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about Feel Feelings with Danny and George. You can follow us over at Feel Feelings Pod and even leave us an audio message at anchor.fm backslash feel feelings. As always, if you ever feel some heavy emotions and feel like you don't have anyone to talk to, don't hesitate to reach out to us or call the numbers we have in the show notes. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.